one of the things we've all been hearing about in the news lately, and uh, really, we haven't just been hearing about it, but we have been seeing it firsthand at the stores and feeling it in our wallets, and that is the current surge in inflation. Now, for those who need a simple definition, when we're talking about inflation, what that simply means is a general increase in prices coinciding with a general decrease in the purchasing value of the dollar. Simply put, when inflation happens, your money doesn't stretch as far as it used to. There are a variety of reasons why inflation happens, whether it's the result of supply and demand discrepancies or an increase in the amount of circulating currency or increased employee wages or certain industry regulations, etc., etc. I'm not prepared in this episode to parse out all the contributing factors behind what's driving the current surge. I imagine it's a combination of several of those. I'm also not going to get into the differences between inflation and deflation or historical examples of times countries have gone through cases of hyperinflation or hyperdeflation or what the whole scenario of stagflation is about. I thought about getting into some of those things but figured all of that could get pretty boring pretty quickly. Instead, what I want to do in this episode isn't so much try to explain the why and what behind what's happening. Even though I understand to best deal with a problem, you've eventually got to deal with the causes of that problem. However, because I think it's safe to say the causes of inflation usually trace back to key players and key factors entirely beyond most of our control as average Joe citizens, I thought it'd be better to talk about the how you and I can do something about it on a family level. Now, to give my little disclaimer here, I'm no economist, I'm no financial expert, but it seems to me that if the issue is rising prices and a dollar that is worth less than it used to be worth, my family has one of three options to ride out the wave. In light of the decreasing value of the dollar, the first option that seems obvious is to simply make more dollars to make up the difference. If the rate of inflation has gone from a standard 2% up to 5%, you and I can keep up with the rise by ensuring a similar increase in our earnings. That translates to either working more hours or earning a higher wage. That may be easier said than done, but that would involve getting a raise, switching jobs, or working a second part-time job. Ironically, however, any widespread increase in wages for employees creates an inevitable increase in costs for employers, which gets offset by an increase in their goods and services, resulting in a further increase in inflation. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure if everybody earning more money is necessarily the perfect solution. But even so, one typically hears of calls for cost-of-living raises or a higher minimum wage. That tends to be a popular short-term solution. Similar long-term solutions are also suggested in terms of your retirement and investments. Many financial advisors will speak about hedging your investments against inflation. And part of what they mean by that is ensuring that the rate of growth on your investments will outpace the rate of inflation, which honestly is, is always the investment goal since inflation is a normal piece of the pie. So that's the first option you have. Try to make more money. In light of rising prices, a second option that appears to be on the table is simply to buy fewer goods and services than you're used to buying. If the rate of inflation has jumped by a certain percent, you can always decrease your spending by a similar percent. That translates to tightening your budget. Again, that may be easier said than done, but I've found three effective ways to actually do it. Number one, you can adopt a more modest standard of living. 
Most people spend way more than they need to spend because of the level of luxury and convenience they've chosen for themselves. Where they live, what they drive, what they eat, how they're entertained, just go down the list. Chances are one can free up quite a bit of money by identifying what is and what isn't really necessary. Number two, you can get better at how you shop. Honestly, my wife would be a lot better talking about this point than me, but in case you didn't know it, there is a right way and there are wrong ways to shop. Amy has done an episode titled Saving a Living, Three Keys to Saving on Groceries that I think gives a pretty helpful way of thinking about shopping strategically. And I can tell you, as the one who keeps a close eye on our own family budget, her strategy works. Part of her strategy involves stocking up on non-perishables or easily preservable items when prices are low and in good supply. I thought it was interesting in a recent interview talking about the current spike in inflation. I heard financial advisor and commentator Peter Schiff say the exact same thing. He said, quote, Buy the things that you think you may need a year from now, two years from now. Buy it now, especially the stuff that is non-perishable. Why? Because in the future... Stuff is going to be in even shorter supply than it is now, but prices are going to be much higher. So, why wait for the prices to go up? Just buy the stuff that you need now while it's available and a lot less expensive than it's going to be pretty soon, end quote. Now, I'm not suggesting we make a run on the stores and panic buy everything on the shelves. That kind of demand would only push the rate of inflation even higher. Uh, But what I am suggesting is to adopt as a normal part of your spending strategy the idea of buying when prices are low. Number three, get out of debt. Get out of debt. Now, for all of you investment enthusiasts out there who want to argue that inflation is actually a good thing for those who have debt because the value of their debt is now less than it used to be, uh, I, I get it. I understand the math. However, if we're talking about making ends meet, as most families are trying to do, my concern for them is freeing up cash flow. And the best way to free up cash flow is to loosen where most of your money is tied up. That's usually in your mortgage payments, your car payments, and your high balance credit card payments. Imagine what you could do with all the money you weren't paying to the bank. That provides a lot of financial freedom you wouldn't ordinarily have. You say, that's not realistic. I I can't just snap my fingers and get rid of my debt. Well, As Dave Ramsey has said, that depends on how seriously you want to get out of debt. Have you thought about selling your home and buying something that doesn't take as many decades to pay off? Have you thought about saving to buy an older used car with cash rather than financing the new car off the lot? It goes back to your standard of living. Ask yourself, how necessary is it really? Most families, I think, would be surprised how much debt they could eliminate, thus creating cash flow by thinking outside the box and really tightening the belt by punching a few extra holes in the leather that weren't even originally there. So that's the second option. Spend less than you're used to spending. Finally, if inflation is something intrinsically tied to the state of the economy and its currency, A third option I propose a family has is to become less dependent on that economy and its currency. The ultimate way to protect yourself against the rising prices of goods and services and the decreasing worth of the dollar is to not need the goods and services being sold or the increasing dollars to buy them. 
it may blow your mind to think about, but it is possible to survive without buying the things you need to get by. You say, if I don't buy them, how else can I get them? Well, let me give you two methods that can completely transform your life, depending on how far you want to take them. Number one, learn to do it yourself, or to DIY. If you want to invest in something that potentially has a very high rate of return, invest in yourself or your spouse or your kids, particularly in educating them on how to be self-reliant. Learn to grow your own food instead of being so dependent on the grocery store. Learn to cook good food instead of constantly eating out. Learn to do maintenance on your own car and your own appliances. Learn to do simple plumbing, electrical, and handyman tasks. Learn to make your own products, etc. In her episode, Helping with the Family Income as a Stay-at-Home Mom, uh, Amy gives an example of the small fortune we've saved as a family in haircuts alone. Haircuts for all the boys in our family by Amy simply taking the time to learn how to cut hair. I'm telling you, it adds up when you do it yourself. Number two, rediscover the currency of bartering. Assuming you can't learn to do everything yourself and there are some things you are particularly good at that others aren't, while there are other things your neighbor is good at that you aren't, consider making a trade. If you want to truly protect yourself against inflation, consider the backup currency of bartering. I have plans to put out an episode all about how to barter, but just to say, it's something we are learning to make better use of here on the homestead. For example, in exchange for Amy's homemade soaps, we often trade with her sister for her homemade salves and syrups. Since both our families have a lot of kids, we've also bartered babysitting services before. With another friend, we've bartered Amy's baked goods and my website design services for hay bales. We've bartered rent on our tenant property in exchange for handyman jobs around the property. I could give several examples. Obviously, depending on how formal you want to get with that, uh, there are written barter agreements you can use and ways of calculating the value of one's products and services in order to ensure a fair exchange, but it doesn't have to be complicated. What are you good at or have and willing to trade for something someone else is good at or has and also willing to trade? If you can figure that out, you've created your own currency and established your own micro-economy. And in my opinion, becoming less dependent on the larger economy and its currency is the ultimate way to beat inflation. Well, I've given you a lot to think about. Hopefully something I've said here is helpful. Again, I'm I'm not an economist. I'm no fortune teller. I can't tell you what to expect in terms of where things are headed economically. Um, I am hearing commentators talk about how the current inflation rate is just transitory and temporary in nature, while others are saying, actually, it's likely here to stay. One quote I read suggested, inflation is like toothpaste. Uh, Once it's out of the tube, it's impossible to get back in. If that's true, then we'd all better get used to paying more at the register, and we might do well to start applying the principles I've talked about in this episode. If you haven't already, I invite you to like and subscribe to our channel. Stay tuned for more episodes to come. Until next time, thanks for listening, and God bless. Thank you.